as drought worsens, the feds turn off the tap. That story and more on H2O Radio's Weekly News Report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Water cutoffs, destroyed crops, and demonstrations. In Western North America, it's shaping up to be the worst water crisis in generations as severe drought stretches from Canada to Mexico. The Bureau of Reclamation announced last week that it would close a primary canal of the massive Klamath Reclamation Project, which leaves many farmers and ranchers in Southern Oregon and Northern California with no water this summer. Instead, much of the water will stay in Upper Klamath Lake, honoring senior rights that the Klamath tribes have to protect two endangered fish species. Irrigators reacted to the news with disbelief and said their livelihood is threatened if they can't get water from the lake. Some 30 protesters asked local officials to defy the federal order. The restriction also means water will not be sent downstream to sustain coho salmon in the Klamath River and millions of birds that frequent a wildlife refuge as they migrate on the Pacific Flyway. Farther south, young Chinook salmon, which normally swim down the American River near Sacramento to the Pacific Ocean, are making the journey by truck. Because of the drought, rivers are low, and that makes the water too warm for the fish to survive. California plans to truck 17 million of the smolt, as the young salmon are called, from various hatcheries to the San Francisco Bay, an emergency step not taken since the last major drought in 2014. Also, some farmers in the Central Valley of California are destroying their crops ahead of summer because of uncertainty whether they'll get any water. One farmer took out his asparagus to save water for other crops and said thousands of acres won't get planted. Many farm workers will lose jobs and the effects will also be felt on grocery store shelves. Most big ships on the ocean burn a cheap, heavy fuel oil that emits sulfur into the atmosphere, which contributes to acid rain and smog. So last year, the International Maritime Organization passed a rule to cut that pollution from exhaust. Now many ship owners are using equipment that sprays the emissions with water before they leave smokestacks to contain the pollutants. Often the polluted water is dumped at ports and sometimes near sensitive coral reefs, according to researchers at the International Council on Clean Transportation. They say the discharges occur in ecologically sensitive areas like the Great Barrier Reef, the Baltic Sea, and the Galapagos Islands. The shipping industry says pollutants in the waste don't exceed national and international limits, and there's no evidence of harm. But researchers say the scrubber water poses a growing threat, and they want to see such systems outlawed. Cruise ships discharge the most waste while in ports, where they burn fuel to power casinos, pools, air conditioning, and other amenities. They're usually docked in shallow water, where pollutants can accumulate rapidly. Sixteen countries have banned the scrubbers, but the researchers say instead of burning the heavy oil, the solution is for ships to use cleaner but more expensive fuel. Climate change is adding new words to our lexicon to depict the impacts of a warming planet. One is ghost forests, a term that evokes what's happening to coastal wetlands as sea levels rise and extreme storms send salt water farther inland. That salty seawater overtakes fresh water the trees rely on, slowly poisoning them and leaving a haunted scene of tall gray sticks 
protruding into the air. Although observations of dead trees near shorelines were first described in the early 1900s, there's been a significant increase in the phenomena, especially along the Atlantic seaboard of the U.S. And according to new research from North Carolina State University, the dead trees themselves are contributing to climate change by releasing greenhouse gas emissions in the form of tree farts, their term, not ours, but a new addition to our growing climate vocabulary. The team found the farts by measuring the carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide gases coming from standing dead trees called snags and also from surrounding soil. Although overall average emissions from soils were approximately four times higher than from the snags, the researchers noted that trees did contribute significantly and could add up as more wetlands succumbed to saltwater inundation. And finally, as the planet warms, air conditioning use will likely increase, as will the demand for water and the necessity to conserve every drop or reuse them. That's the idea behind a growing trend to take water that's a byproduct of air conditioning systems called condensate and use it for everything from irrigating plants to flushing toilets. Companies like Microsoft are using condensate to water landscaping at their massive campuses in Israel, the UK, and India, and cities are looking to stretch their supply as far as they can, too. Last month, Austin City Council approved a funding program to incentivize developers to collect, treat, and reuse air conditioning condensate for non-potable purposes. Similar programs already exist in San Francisco and San Antonio. There are a few obstacles to everyone tapping into their air conditioners. There are upfront costs to retrofit the systems, and the condensate forms better in hot, humid places like the Deep South rather than the Dry West, where solutions like these would be welcome. Also, it's better suited to larger buildings with bigger systems like San Diego International Airport, which in 2019 turned condensate into beer. The airport partnered with Ballast Point Brewing to turn some of the water from its cooling towers into a lighter German-style Kolsch called Santess Pilot which according to their website is a light and crisp brew with notes of ripe fruit. That's it for this week in water. We'll see you next time.